If you're just joining us, this is the Madam Talkative podcast and you're here because you love us and because we talk about all things under the sun. We're talkative. This is what we do. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, today we have another cool guest, another awesome guest, Sidel. Say hi to the people, Sidel. Hello, people. How y'all doing? That's Sidel, y'all, and Sidel's going to be talking to us about some cool things today. So, you know, we're in a panoramic pandemic. Uh, we've been in here a minute and then some. And I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like there's only like three people left on this planet that have not gotten married, gotten engaged, gotten proposed to, gotten pregnant, or had a baby. I feel like, you know, some of us were trying to lose quarantine weight, trying to gain quarantine weight. Other people were trying to procreate and populate the earth miss you know like just priorities were misplaced here but a to each their own so we're going to be talking to Sidel today about her work as a doula now I don't know much about doula in and that's the verb I will be using <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong later on Sidel I just think doula in is so cool but we're gonna learn what it means to be a doula and doula in in the time of COVID so Sidel um we're so glad to have you on today thank you thank you for taking the time out to chat with us um so just let us know let, let the people know who is Sidel Ooh, that's a loaded question. Um, so I always like to say that I'm a daughter, um, I'm a friend, I'm a sister, I'm an aunt, uh, my favorite role. I am not a mother because I am one of those three people that you just talked about. So um, <laughs> We are small, but we are many. <laughs> listen, I am one of three. Um, so I am not a mother. I do plan to be a mother one day. Um, then I kind of get into why I came into this work. I'm a community organizer. Um, I am a lover. I am uh, a birth doula. Um, I'm, I'm many things. I'm an educator. I, I have a hat there. Um, so I do a lot of things um, that really just align with me and who I am as a person. So that's Sidel for now. <laughs> You'll learn more as you continue to listen. So stay with us. We love it. Sidel is many things. A lover, a friend, a keeper, a birth doula. It's called magic, multifaceted <laughs> Black girl magic, and we're here to see it. All right, Sidel. So uh, birth doula, what, like for the people, what, who is a birth doula? What is a birth doula? So realistically, anybody can be a birth doula. Um, a birth doula is really, our duty is really to just kind of provide continuous support to new families um, throughout their life-changing experience experience of pregnancies. So there are two types of doulas. Um, there's a postpartum doula, which is a doula that usually steps in after birth. And then we have birth doulas, um, which sticks with you, sticks around throughout your pregnancy. Um, they're there with you while you're giving birth. And then they do stick around, just we stick around a little um, after birth, just to make sure that um, families are you know, I, I always say that after birth, I'm like, this is where the hard work starts. Like you have a whole new person that you have to take care of. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> a liability yeah. until exactly. it becomes an asset. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So for me, um, so I typically like to stay around. I usually let, allow my clients to um, contact me for months after. Like I don't um, cut my clients off. I just believe that, that that's a very important time period. Although I'm not a postpartum doula, I have worked as a nanny for 10 years. So I know what it's like. Um, 
So yes, going back to it a little, uh, a birth doula is really just someone who really, really gives you that that source of comfort, the encouragement um, and the support, both emotional and physical. So essentially throughout pregnancy, we educate women um, on just pregnancy and all things pregnancy pretty much, right? So we're here to really just educate, to uplift um, and empower women throughout this very, very um, essential part, part of their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just mothers. Um, I also, okay. I, I love to make clear that doulas are also an important role for fathers um, because we're there to encourage them as well, right? Like Mm -hmm. fathers should be included in every single thing that's going on. So yes, we're there to make sure because mom's feeling the the physical. So we want to make sure that she's in the right positions. You know, we want to make sure that, um, she's comfortable and everything that's going on, but we also want to make sure that dad is, um, he's there with us, you know, he's present, he's in the moment, he gets to enjoy what's happening. So Mm -hmm. yeah, birth doula, she's really, she's your friend she's your confidant she's your educator um she's she's all of those things she's your sister she's everything that you need throughout your pregnancy that's nice that's a well-rounded service there you know a friend a supporter someone who's teaching because there's a lot of learning moments I think in pregnancy so um as a birth doula are you like physically present at the the moment of truth, right? The birth in and how much of a role do you take on in that moment? So yes, um, if, if you are typically how it works is I signed on with clients. Some clients start as early as 20 weeks. Um, and those, I love those families because I really get to stick with them all the way throughout. Um, and then there's families that I meet a little later on. So they'll come in like 34, 35 weeks and we'll go through several different, um, depending on, so I, the way I look at it, um, and every birth doula really does things differently. Um, the way I like to look at it is I always come to the table with what are you looking for in your birth doula, right? Because I can't give you the support unless I know what support means to you. So that's a really important question for me. What does support look like to you? Mm, That's a nice Um, question to ask. (laughs) It's one of my favorite questions. Complex question to answer, but um, it's a thought that counts. It's a thought that counts. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. It's a very loaded question, but it does give people um, an insight on what they need. Um, So some people are just like, I want to know everything, all things pregnancy. And where I have other clients, that's kind of, I don't want to know everything, right? Because they might be a little more anxious. And the more that they know, they might sit up till 4 a.m. and get in a rabbit hole and start reading all of these things. No pregnancy is the same. Um, So it's just Mm. really important for women and families to stay in tune with um, their reality, with what's going on with them. Mm. Mm. Um, So. Cool, cool. So why did you, why did you become a birth doula and how long have you been doing this for? (sighs) Okay, so I, okay start back from when I was younger. When I was younger, I was always obsessed with childbirth. I don't know why y'all, I was 13, it was weird. <laughs> I used to watch Baby Baby and A Baby Story and I know with somebody listening who remember those shows on TLC. Baby, really baby what and a what who what? <laughs> one was called A Baby Story and okay. the other one 
was called Baby Baby. Now, is this about babies or about like the moment of pregnancy where the woman is like screaming and pushing? Yep, that's exactly what it was about. This is what you were watching at 13? <laughs> Tadell, is it? Uh, why? <laughs> I was not entertaining. I was watching Sweet 16 on MTV. You was watching babies being pushed out of like small canals in a crying woman. Why? The good part about it was that they didn't show too much. Oh, okay. You really did get to see... Um, you got to see like some moms going through a little bit of difficulty and then mm. like, boom, baby's here. And I was just like, this is so amazing. Um, so I kind of grew up thinking that I was going to be a midwife. Mm, okay. And um, that did not work out for one reason or another. That did not go. I also just realized that I ain't got time for blood, y'all. I'm going to be real. I ain't got time for that. Um, so the difference is also, let's, let's put this out there now. There's a huge difference between a doula and a midwife. A midwife does mm. everything clinical. A midwife mm. delivers the baby. Um, a birth doula is there for support. She's, okay. That is simply her role. She is you're there bringing for support. the chips. You're bringing. <laughs> you're you're doing the oohs and the ahs and the you're catching the faint and father at the corner. <laughs> yeah. So somebody was like, "You work with a midwife," and I was like, "Yeah, who's gonna deliver the baby? Because it ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't gonna be me." <laughs> not go to school for that y'all trying to put me in prison i ain't got time for that <laughs> okay all right so i see that so you're, you're you're present at that moment but you have nothing to do with the forceps and the pushing. yes okay. yes okay. so we are always there for labors we are always with uh, mothers whether she's birthing with an obstetrician whether she's birthing with a midwife you know regardless of um the route that she decides to take Mm. um so you know some people birth at home you can birth at a birthing center you can birth in a hospital you really have three options it really depends on where you live um certain states have different laws so you really mm. have to know like what's going on um but for the most part um you can birth at home you can um birth in a hospital or you can birth in a birth in um a birthing home, which, you know, do your research, figure out where you would be more comfortable. Also, if you have any pre-existing conditions, hmm. for the most part, they will make you birth in a hospital. Yeah. Um, so we are there. So as many women with babies know, when you're giving birth to a baby, you're usually assigned a nurse or two. They'll come in, they'll check, they'll check on you. But let's be real. These nurses have four different clients, right? Four different patients, I should say. Um, so I'm solely there for my client. So I'm there th from the beginning to the end. She calls me and she says, hey, I'm in labor. And my job is to, I typically try to get there within an hour. And um, I stay with her up until the end of her birth. I have not been in a birth that's been way too long that I've had to tap out. <laughs> mm. Thank the good Lord. <laughs> what's, the lo what's the longest one you've been in? The longest birth I've been in might be... 20 hours wow 20 hours so it's also yes so it's also a lot of work right um mm. because I have to make sure that I'm present right so there's a lot of things that you have to check at the door you have to check your attitude you have to make sure that you're like honestly speaking when I have a client within my two weeks um the two weeks prior to her due date that I'm on call, I don't drink at all because I don't ever want to wake up foggy 
and I'm waking up with a, hey girl, I'm going into labor. Oh wow. I would be irritated. <laughs> Having a hangover at a pregnancy exactly. is not, it looks cute on TV or in movies. Uh, there's cute jokes there. It does not look fun in person. It does not. So, you know, you really do, you really do need to prep yourself. Um, you also have to check your traumas at the door, right? As a birth doula, because there might be something or there might be a doctor um, that might trigger you, or maybe the mom brings up something um, that she has, that she's going through, that she's been through, and you can connect to that. So you also, you really do have to dig deep within yourself um, to do this line of work. It is a lot of work, but it's very re rewarding. Um, just kind of really seeing a mom, like seeing this belly grow, watching these babies kick and all of these different things happen. And, um, and then just seeing them in human form, getting to see them, watch them come earthside. Like it is so rewarding. I know for some people they're like, this girl's crazy, but it's really, really amazing. Um, I also like, we, we know that there's science behind, um, with moms just kind of, having a happy environment um, coming into, um, well, her, her experience on, in childbirth, right? Um, and how it does have an effect on um, the baby. So we, we really just wanna take care of each other. We wanna make sure that, me specifically, I became a birth doula because my sister, which I think was the original question. Um, I'm just kind of all over the place right now. Talkative, uh, my dear. This is what we do. No rules here. No rules at all. <laughs> See, this is why I like it. I just like to flow. Um, so yes, so that that's where I was. I remember now. I was talking about baby, baby, and baby story. Okay, so I used to watch those shows. Did not become a midwife. Um, my very first year of being a preschool teacher. My co-teacher, actually, she was a birth doula. And I remember her, um, she just randomly asked me one day, like, oh, like, what do you want to do? Um, it was my first year at community college. And I was just kind of trying to figure out, like, where do I want to be? Where do I see myself? And I was like, you know, I did always want to be a midwife. And then she was like, oh, my God, I'm a birth doula. And I was like, well, girl, what's that? Um, and she actually told me what a birth doula was. And she gave me, like, some books. And she gave me, you know, some tips on the process and I talked myself out of it. And I was just like, I don't have time to do that right now. I just started classes at the community college, just this craziness. And um, I like started reading the books, but I didn't finish. Um, and then it just kind of um, withered away, right? Okay, so fast forward to maybe four years later, um uh in 2016 yes I mm -hmm. believe it was 2016 2017 actually in 2017 my nephew um was born and my sister had a really difficult birth she had a mm -hmm. really difficult birth and she um she ended up in a c-section and um after that I went to the hospital super early. I was so excited. My nephew was coming. Um, I got there and I'm holding him and I'm just like looking at this little baby and I'm just like in awe. And she, they bring her back from the C-section and she's in and out. She's just, she's not fully with us. She yeah. kind of knows what's going on. She doesn't really know what's going on. And um, she kept saying to the nurse, 
I think something's wet down there. Um, I think something's wrong down there. Hmm. So she said it and no one responded. Nothing happened. She says it again. No one responds. She says it again. The nurse goes, oh, baby, you just got out of surgery. That's normal. You'll feel things that doesn't really exist. It's just, it's just surgery. Um, and then she says it again. And at this point, my frustration is at a 10. Um, so I say, well, why don't you just check? You know, like at this point, she's been saying something's wrong. I feel something, something's going on. The doc, the nurse lifted the sheets and the look, I'm sitting on the opposite side. So I'm looking directly at the nurse. I see her face and the look on her face, the panic that was on her face told me everything that I needed to know. She was absolutely right. Something was wrong. And the next thing I knew was just kind of like the nurse was putting her hands um, in her vagina and mm -hmm. she was she would take her hand out and she had a handful of blood clots. Oh, she wow. was clotting the entire time. She oh, was plotting. Um, and all she needed to do was just literally lift up the sheets and check. All she needed to do was check. And no one did. No one checked. So um, the following day, she had to have two blood transfusions. Um, because at that point, she had lost so many blood. Um, and of course, like, you know, when she lifts up the sheets and she sees it, she... Um, she pushes the button, the button, or she calls for backup, mm. and like ten doctors and nurses, all of it like swarms the room. And I'm holding my nephew, I'm panicking, I'm freaked out, and like, what the hell is going on? Um, and in that moment, I decided that I couldn't, I couldn't watch anyone mm. that I love experience something like that again. Yeah. Um, because even as I do the work now, and we look at the statistic that Black women. Mm -hmm. myself are three to four times more likely to die than white women in a childbirth. Mm -hmm. The problem is not race, it's racism, right? Mm. Um, we aren't listened to in hospital rooms. And I knew that that was something that I wanted to save myself from. So even right now, I don't even work as a birth doula full time, but I make sure that I keep up with my readings. I keep up with um, just really anything to make sure that I'm just kind of, and I do birth, I do births from time to time. Like I'll do like four or five a year, um, but it's not a full-time job for me. But that education aspect of it was is way more important than anything else. Like yeah. I do love the work. I do love to be there, but to let a woman know that she has rights you know, mm -hmm. that um, she she has options. Mm -hmm. Just being in that space to be able to center a Black woman. And I'm going to be very frank. I am a birth doula to Black and immigrant women because those are the women in my community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I am very specific with the clients that I accept. Mm -hmm. um, and right, so the the national rate 
right now is that black women are three to four times more likely to, to die in childbirth. But yeah. when you when you look at it by states, I know like New York, and I don't know the exact numbers, I don't have it in my head, mm. but the New York numbers is higher than that, right? Mm. Because um, so like on a national level is three to four times, but depending on where you live, I believe Texas is another state where black women are dying left and right due to maternal mortality. Wow. Um, so it's just really important that we, we, we are given this chance to empower and uplift and educate our women and ourselves. Um, and even if I'm able to educate one woman and she's able to tell four of her friends, yeah. I won, you know? Yeah, no, <laughs> I've that's done my so job. question for you Sadell is mm-hmm. um talking about you know being a doula for black women and immigrant women we can't talk about this without talking about the accessibility one of it which being the costs what what um the economics of a doula first from how much does it cost you as an individual to gain that I don't know if it's a license um or or the trainings and all of that um where you can be in a, in a birthing room during labor with a mother and a midwife is there and you're not looked at like just a random stranger, but they acknowledge your technique and your expertise that you bring to the table. Um, what is that process? What is the cost of that process? But also if I wanted a doula as a woman, what would that cost me? Yes. Um, which is a really good question because a huge part of this for me, I know is that, um, and the reason why I wanted to be a birth doula for black and immigrant women was due to the lack of accessibility, right? Um, and also just the fact that we're treated, the way that we're treated uh, within these rooms and within these spaces. Yeah. Um, so I'm currently not a um, certified birth doula. You can work as a birth doula without certification. You do not need a certification. Um, I remember I did my very first training and at the end of the training, she goes, okay, you're birth doulas. And I was like, who did what? Who's, who's what? <laughs> Excuse Just me, what? one training. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I'm sorry, wait, what? I am currently going through my certification. I will be done in May. Um, I've done five births so far, maybe six. Um, so I'm going to lose count here. Um, I have one coming up actually. So you don't have to, but it does cost. You are you are absolutely right. Um, I believe that the cost altogether to be a donor certified trainer, um, a doula certified birth doula. So donor is doulas of North America. They are like one of the biggest recognized um, doula organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to say it's a little over a thousand dollars to get that um, to to become certified once you go through all of the process because you're paying for a bunch of different things. Like you have to do a business webinar. Um, you have to take this first initial um, training with a with a donor. Um, it's, a, it's a birth doula workshop with a donor certified uh, t- um, educator. Um, so there's, you have to buy books because you have to read a certain amount of books. Um, so there's, there's a bunch of things that you have to do. However, um, luckily for me, I was able to find a organization here in Philadelphia that did some, uh, that does two workshops a year. I believe they do two mm-hmm. workshops a year where you can get, uh, and it's at a discounted rate. And it's okay. actually with one of the most known birth doulas ever. 
um, that teaches the class. So mm-hmm. I was like super excited. Um, yeah. So where people are spending like eight, $900 just for that initial training, I paid 250. Oh, wow. um, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Huge discount. A huge. <laughs> <laughs> huge discount for sure. Let's, yeah. Let's talk discounts. Um, mm-hmm. So um, for me, so birth doulas can, and, and to answer the second part of your question, uh, birth doulas can, we pretty much set our own uh, rates, right? Um, and I know for me being a birth doula, I did have a, a difficult time with how do I serve my community, but also um, charge based right? on my expertise, right? And you also have bills to pay. Okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Man must eat. <laughs> Listen. I'd be hungry y'all. So I did have a really difficult time with that. And, um, and realistically speaking, I think that that's one of the biggest reasons why I don't work as a doula full time. I've done most of the births that I've done have been on a volunteer basis. Um, because I truly believe that these women, um, deserve nothing but the best throughout this very vulnerable time. Um, and if, if I can have one less story that my sister has to tell, um, then that's, that's where, that's what it is for me. Um, so with the families that do pay me, sometimes I'll do, um, I always do discounted rates. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't do competitive rates. (laughs) I'm not like, because in my area, a birthday that can cost $1,200. And is it like a one-time fee or like, so sometimes people do a one-time fee. Um, sometimes people do payment plan, um, so I leave families, I, I give them time, you know, like, mm. uh, with, with my current client, we did, uh, she did an initial fee mm-hmm. and then she, she'll do the next fee after the birth. And then okay. after that, we'll talk within like another six weeks and then she'll do that final fee. So mm-hmm. I really let her, I really gave her that opportunity to stretch it out mm-hmm. because I believe that woman in my community needs this. Um, I believe that, you know, having a doula is a privilege, right? <laughs> it's just like, it oh, that's what rich people do. And it's just like, it shouldn't be, um, realistically speaking, insurances should be paying for it. <laughs> let's be, Facts. let's be, let's be technical. Facts. Facts. So as, um, as a doula and so you've done about, you said five or so births thus far, um, what was your first doula experience like, um, from the moments of like accompanying the mother, um, and the, and the father of the child or the partner of the individual who's pregnant, um, to being in, in, in the moment during labor and even post what, what was that experience like for you? Oh goodness. It was definitely nerve wracking. Um, I walked in there, I took my little books. I was just like, all right, we going to get this. <laughs> we going to get it. Um, and this was a volunteer birth that I did. So I, I wasn't able to build that rapport with this family prior, um, which is one of the downfalls to doing some type of volunteer sometimes that you don't really get to spend time with the family so that you guys are comfortable with each other and you know that this is the right decision. Um, so you're learning this person as the birth is going, right? Which can be a lot <laughs> because you're also trying to make sure that this person is um, they're emotionally and they're, they're comfortable, um, 
that physical aspect of it. Mm. So it can be a lot. Um, so my first birth was definitely, it was definitely a learning lesson. Um, like I just kind of went in there. I remember I was just like, okay, God, we're going to do this. She's going to have a healthy baby. Um, and then at some point it did get a little scary. Um, because you hear about all of these different things that's going to happen, but you don't know how you're going, you don't know what it's going to be like until you're in this situation. So I know for me, I was just kind of looking, of course, at this black woman who could be anybody, right? She could be my sister. She could be my cousin. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, but in the end, we did have a healthy mom, healthy baby. And to me, the funniest thing was I left that birth just kind of like, I wish I was able to do more. I wish that I was able to be better. Um, just when you're going through these trainings, they're like telling you, all, you're, you're getting all of this information. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I got in my head a little bit and I was just <laughs> like, oh, I should have did better. I should have, you know, I should have did more. When that happened, I should have did this. And I just kind of like, went through the entire thing and nitpicked every and anything that I could do. And mm -hmm. amazingly enough, a year later, she found my Instagram. Mm. Just last mm -hmm. summer, actually, she found my Instagram and, and she sent me the sweetest message. And in that message, she said, I never got to fully thank you for everything that you did for me that day. Um, I, I just wanted to take this opportunity to really thank you because you made a difference for me and <laughs> better late than never, right? Better late than never. Mm -hmm. In that moment for me, it was, you know, um, I kind of realized that it was bigger than what I went in there thinking that it was, right? And I knew that it was a big deal. It's not that I didn't think it was a big deal. It was just that I was there for her emotionally, you know, whenever she, in those moments when she needed me, when she just needed a hand on her shoulder, I was there for to do that. And those were the things that she remembered. Um, not the fact that I could have said, oh, well, they wanted to give you a C-section because the, you know, like those weren't the things that she needed. She just needed me there uh, emotionally and I gave her that. So yeah, my, my, I would say my first experience was a good one. Um, now we, now we're like Instagram friends. <laughs> <laughs> I love, oh my God. I like, I cried when I saw her son because I couldn't believe that I was there when he came yeah, it's such uh, a it's abundant experience. I feel. Um, uh, I've read. I have a friend who's like super obsessed with watching these like gory videos and tales about like pregnancy and everything that could go wrong, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, ma'am. First of all, now you're scaring me because I love babies. But then I read and I'm like, oh, one experience or something. I'm like, excuse me. Can I just not, why, why do we have to go through all this or the, or like the, the side effects, like people getting diabetes from pregnancy, people going blind, people having heart issues. So, you know, it could be so, so scary. Um, everything that could go wrong, but it's also so beautiful. Everything that could go right. Um, and being there for the person, honestly, either which way that it goes, I think it's such a blessing on both ends. And I'm, I'm glad you were able to experience that um, and that you continue to experience it. Um, I, I wonder um, 
I, I think the first time I knew or heard of Adula was, was from you actually, when we chatted, when we first met. Um, and I was just like, this is so fascinating. Um, I just, you know, I've never heard that there's this alternative to, to, to just the, the traditional, like you go there, there's a nurse, there's this person, um, in that space and like hospitals get so sterile and so like caught, like straight to the point let's do this let's do that you're not the only pregnant person here ma'am like we got other babies mm-hmm. on the way like i'm gonna need you to speed this up type you know and so i wonder when you're in that space and your one goal is to make sure that you are representing your client and this woman and her her baby to come in the best of your abilities do you ever feel like you are in the way of the process of the of the of the midwives and the the folks who are professionals at the medical part of things or do you ever feel like you're you're like intentions or or knowledge has been questioned in the spaces that you've been in to support these women oh um okay so absolutely um so although doulas are allowed in hospitals sometimes you a lot of times (laughs) and this is really unfortunate but there are times where you will come in contact with a um a nurse or a doctor that doesn't respect you. And that's just the bottom line. It's just a lack of respect. And it's really unfortunate. Um, And I have been in those situations and I really had to check myself at the door because my, my biggest thing is to really center my client, right? So it's not about me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get with you later. I'm gonna read you. <laughs> but in a very professional way, right? You yes. gonna get red boo. <laughs> like, you wait your turn, I'm coming. Um, so I have been in rooms where I felt um, disrespected and ignored, right? It's just kind of, because sometimes a nurse is looking at you like, I went through all these years of training and what you just, you just do a, a little two-year training because realistically speaking, our training is just kind of like, it, you, you have a two-year time period to do it. Some mm. people do it in six months, right? Like if this yeah. is something that you want to do full-time, you can do it in six months. Mm-hmm. But really, but realistically speaking, it's just, we're there for the emotional, right? And we're there to, um, to educate moms on the, um, like, maybe it's they have preeclampsia or something like that so we're really just there because and I mean another thing is that how many times have you been in just a hospital room not even in a birthing room but just a hospital room and a doctor comes in and they're throwing all these words at you and you're like what what's happening and all they said was you threw up like you could have just said I threw up like (laughs) you didn't that wasn't necessary you sounded like you were speaking German or some shit. Like, I don't... In, in their defense, I feel like if I went to school for 12 years, give or take, to learn something, I'm going to throw a couple of words out there. Um, but it's like, like, read the room, sir. This is not the time nor the space. Like, I'm already scared. I don't need you throwing, like, German words at me. But also, it's like, if you study them books, like, I have, I've been around people who, like, studied medicine. It's like, you have to use these words somewhere. And maybe not at a conference. <laughs> like, it has to be so you have to just let people know that, look, I went to school for this, that I get how just annoying and pretentious it can feel when you can literally just like calm the person down by using layman terms um, to explain. Exactly. So I think that a lot of the times doctors do that, right? And my job as a birth doula, as he's saying what he's saying, I'm like, okay, so this is what that means. 
right? So I'm connecting with that mother on a level that she understands. So she's going to hold me at the highest power and I'm holding her at the highest power because at this moment, she feels like, okay, so this is the only person in this room that respects me because she's talking to me so that I can understand and so that I can make an informed decision, right? Because this is my labor, it is my body, it is my birth. And mothers need to remember that your doctor should not have a say on every single thing that goes on, you mm -hmm. know, just like, just like we shop around for our hairstylist ladies, we need to shop around for doctors that's going to respect us. But, uh, you do know the disrespect we get from hairstylists these days is, is another story. I know this is a sidebar, but sometimes when you read the terms and conditions of the service, you cannot show up before this time. You cannot show up after this time. Your hair has to be washed, stretched Girl. and braided um, and curled. Um, I don't know if that's a good comparison because we honestly are at the okay. mercy of the hairstylists. Oh but. no. Okay. So, so I mean like, okay. So yes, so but I get the make, point. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. make a good point, right? So <laughs> you see all of these things, and you're like, mm -mm, I ain't got time for this girl. So you're gonna go with somebody who yeah. is like, okay, I'm actually giving you a service, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So when we're pay for that, exactly, birth is expensive, and not only is it expensive, like this is your child, right? right? Like mm -hmm. this is something, but this is way different than here, you know, like this this is on the next level so when we're thinking about finding our doctors and our midwives like we do want to vet them we do want to look to see what their c-section rates are what their um what their induction rates are and Just, can you where can you find that kind of information um so you can ask them flat out and if, okay. if the doctor's not willing to give it to you well there's your answer um <laughs> honestly truly um so i think oh my god you know when you said like there's your answer i see the meme of you know like how viola davis like picks up her bag and she's just like with yep. that wig and she's like well damn yep. this ain't gonna be it then like she just like walks out the room like i can obviously see my pregnant self like what's your c-section rate sir ma'am and they're like um well um a little bit too many pauses there i'm gonna just pack my bag and drag okay. the other kids and out the door I go. Mm -mm. I love I love that it's more kids in this. See, we're getting somewhere. We are getting somewhere, y'all. In the next <laughs> pandemic, I'll be one of the other five thousand people that decided to use that time right. to birth children rather than add weight. <laughs> next pandemic, next one. So um, so yeah, like you really do want to do research on the hospital itself, right? Like, what is the hospital as a whole C-section rate? Um, and those rates should be found like whether on their website or sometimes you can just kind of google it and again you can ask them like hey what was your c-section rates for the last year um you know you you should be able to ask these things um but also just asking just regular questions um so let's say you're a mom who had a c-section the very first time and you're ha hoping to have a v-back which is a vaginal birth after cesarean um, and you want to find a doctor that supports that, right? And sometimes it might be that you are un unable to have a vaginal birth, but you do want your doctor to at least try to- mm, To explore um, that option with you, yeah. To explore that option or explain to you why it why it is that you cannot have it. You shouldn't just sit in a room and the doctor's like, I don't think that's a good idea. And then you're just like, well, he said it ain't a good idea, so it ain't a good idea. Why is it not a good idea? Why can't I do it? Also, get a second opinion, right? <laughs> Go.
go see another doctor, see what another doctor's saying. Now, if you're seeing two or three doctors and they're all saying the same thing, then there's a chance. But also listen to your intuition. You know your body better than anybody else. That is my favorite thing to tell moms in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. What are you feeling? What's your intuition? Like mm-hmm. as a doula, we don't make decisions for moms, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We act as a building block between the mom and the doctor. If the mom is feeling like X, Y, or Z, she wants to communicate with something, we tell the doctor, hey, look, this is how she's feeling. Um, but it also is important for me that my clients are able to communicate. So I do want to give them the skills to um talk to a doctor to be mm. able to facilitate conversations with their doctor because at the end of the, of the day it is their doctor and in the event that I cannot be um at the hospital like for instance last year I had three clients going into the year and then you know the panty hit yeah. <laughs> the pandemic hit so I wasn't able to be in those rooms but we talked hours on end I'm like Text me whenever you have a question, you know, email me, text me, call me, whatever it is. If you have a question, make sure that it is answered. So then when you walk into that hospital room, you feel so empowered that nobody yeah. can tell you anything different. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it can be, everything can be very tricky spaces. And we do, we do want to make sure that it's we're, we're focused on the safety of our mothers. I would never tell a mother what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only present you the facts and you can make a, an informed decision based on the things that you know to be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important. Um, the advocate, I think, is what the doula is. That's the word that comes yes. to mind. when I. That's the word. The advocate. I say right? advocate all night. That's yeah. it. It's advocate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's great. And I just, it's honestly any, any extra support we can get for women um, of all kinds, but, you know, especially black women um, and women um, in communities of color and low income communities, the support in that moment, I think is key. Um, Cause it's just, it's already daunting a process, you know, especially yeah. in this country, it's daunting a process to be pregnant, just generally the costs, the inaccessibility of the office and the way the medical system is, the confusion, um, everything that could go wrong and go right. You know, we've talked about that. Um, and so uh, celebrating that work and hoping a lot more people know that they have this service um, available to them. Because sometimes it's not, a you know, you talk to family members um, who've maybe have gone through pregnancy, but it's not a role that a family member can play just well. It's kind of like expecting your, your quote unquote, better, um, uh, better acc- acclimated cousin or sister to be a therapist. Mm, maybe not. <laughs> Right. Um, just because they look like they're handling life better doesn't mean they can handle your life and theirs as well. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's really important to have just a question. I remember you when you started out, you said you're not a postpartum um, doula. And so with postpartum doulas, um, are these the kind of these kind of folks that um, can support a, a mother through potential like postpartum depression and other kinds of things or. Or they just like, like, I mean, I know they're there for like the health um, and the, like the mental health of the, of the mother, but like, have you spoken to why, or maybe why did you decide not to be a postpartum doula? Um, so I've already worked as a nanny for a really long time. Um, so to me, I just kind of already lived out that, um, that phase in my life. Um, and 
I would have a really hard time um, just kind of bouncing from family to family, <laughs> me personally, mm. because you are essentially you're contracted, right? Uh, people might say, hey, we need someone. This is my due date. We're going to need someone for six weeks. We're going to need someone for 12 weeks. And when people hire postpartum doulas, they do it on a very different basis. Some people are like, yes, sis, I'm going to need you here every night for the next two months because I ain't going to have time for that, right? Whereas some people um, essentially have you come and do like a live-in job for those two months. So the church is kind of like an on-call. And of course, they'll just kind of create like a schedule for you. So like, you'll know what times you have off versus what times you don't. Um, and then um, some people are just like, okay, we just someone, we just want someone throughout the day from nine to five, right? Some moms want it because they're just nervous. Some moms want it because they're going right back to work and you know, they wanna make sure that the baby's fine. Um, and for me, I just, I wasn't really ready to take that on. And I'm also just obsessed with birth, right? Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And my, my personal experience really um, was driven by that birth that I witnessed mm -hmm. uh, or the afterbirth, I should say, that I witnessed. Um, so for me, I needed to make sure that I, um, I knew what was going on in those rooms. Okay. Because I've, I self-taught myself not to be a postpartum doula per se, but I know, you know, I know how to swaddle babies. I know how to bathe and you, how to bathe a newborn. Like I, I know how to do all of those things already. Um, and I'm, I've always kind of been um, the baby whisperer in my family. Mm -hmm. Like all the babies always flock to me, which is why I became a nanny because I was just like, oh, this is second nature to me like this is very easy like I've always just kind of had that mothering personality when mm. it came to the babies um so for me I was just like ah, this ain't I don't really want to be a postpartum doula but it's funny enough like this last year I decided I was like you know what I'm gonna do the, the training mm -hmm. to be a um to be a full spectrum doula because after babies after the babies are here and you know all of those things I I have a really hard time leaving my families because mm -hmm. I'm on to the next client right and then I want to make sure that I'm centering this new family that I'm with so, but at the same time um this family that I just got finished quote unquote centering I don't want to say okay your baby's here see ya um because again this is where the hard work starts yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to make sure that you still feel supported right like okay you go home some people have big families some people have small families some people have no families but regardless of what kind of family that you're in again your birth doula she's really she's your advocate she's your supporter she's your friend she's your sister she's all of these things so just to have that extra person it it can never hurt truly honestly so yeah that's true that's true wow birth doulas the <laughs> advocate for mommies babies and daddies everywhere we love it thank you so much Sadell, for chatting with us so so um you've told us um you're doing the full spectrum training. Um, are you still in school? And is what you're studying in school in any way related to doula in, or you're just like in another tangent? Girl, I'm always all over the place. So <laughs> no, but I am going to connect everything at some point because what I'm studying in school is actually human development and community engagement. Mm -hmm. um, so I do want to take my trainings and um, 
I'll more than likely begin a nonprofit one day mm-hmm. to um, to really educate out. So my the my major that I'm in right now it's it's really focusing on um, educating outside of the classroom because mm-hmm. to me I think that that's really the most important. I think that you know once people are in the classroom we're like oh okay whatever. Um, but it's really important that we're educating people on a daily basis because there's so much that you're not getting from school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you are not getting so much from schools. Um, so I do want to one day um, open, have a nonprofit so that mothers in my community can get that birth doula, right? And then birth doulas can get paid. You know, yeah. like I want to make sure that both things exist because I believe that both things can. There's enough for everybody. There's enough for everybody. And I think that... Um, doulas should be paid for their work, um, for their expertise, but I also believe that mothers should be supported at all costs, um, regardless of your race, regardless of your socioeconomic status, regardless of your education level. And let's be clear, it has never been about any of those things when they come to Black women, because we've seen women like Serena Williams and Beyonce go through some very difficult pregnancies. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, the issue is racism it is not race yeah it's not a genetic predisposition it's uh medical racism not listening and always silencing the voices of black women even when they're screaming absolutely yeah yeah final parting words there thank you so much Sidel, for chatting with us we've learned so much today about who a birth doula is if you're pregnant if you know someone who's pregnant and you think you can actually gift someone a birth doula think about that if you're wondering what should i buy for this expectant mother and child you could gift them a birth doula somebody to accompany them through the pregnancy in ways that you as the individual could not so maybe i just give you an idea for your next like christmas gift for somebody you can thank me later <laughs> i'm always here okay um yes so thank you so much Sidel. um once again um for chatting with us for sharing with us uh, your wisdom your knowledge um for the work you're doing in the community this very important work um we are so excited uh to see where you go um and to once you come full-time into this circle of doula in we will shout it out from the rooftops and recommend your service to everyone and encourage people to just get pregnant just so they can have the awesome service of of sedel i mean it's just a pregnancy ain't that big of a deal <laughs> Oh. <laughs> but yeah thank you so much we'd love to have you back on to chat about many other things on the madam talkative podcast because what we do is talk about everything under the sun any final words for the people i just want to say thank you for having me this has been fun um you know i always appreciate just a little you know y'all i'm just sitting here in my bed with some tights on i'm just chilling hard um and it was just it's always so easy um but like, like you said, um, you know, there are, you can really birth, um, you can really give someone a birth doula. Um, but the last thing that I want to say is that um, know your rights, um, know who you are surrounded by in this very vulnerable time. Um, fathers play, play a role. Um, it is not, you do not have to take the back seat. You can definitely um, assist driving the car. You can sit passenger seat. Um, and, you know, happy moms, happy baby, happy family. Um, and thank you guys for having me. 
awesome. Thank you so much. If you're still here, it means you've listened to this entire episode of the Madam Talkative podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, share, follow us on social media at Madam Talkative podcast and stay tuned. We're going to have so much more to talk about because what we do is talk at Madam Talkative podcast.